Thank you, Tone. Hello, everybody. Great to see you. Nice to see you too, Brad. <laughs> uh, if you're new, I'm Brad. I'm the lead pastor. Uh, we will be doing Q&A after the message, so if you have a question, you can uh, write that question on an Ask Pastor Brad card in your uh, seat pocket in front of you, front of you, or you can text a question to that number. Uh, we have challenging uh, scripture for us this morning, so I, I pray you'll send me uh, great, wonderful uh, text messages about these questions. Uh, I want to give you right at the top the take home for today. All right, this is going to be very simple. Um, if you remember this take-home for the rest of the week, and maybe hopefully for the rest of your life, you will remember what I spoke on on October 13th. <clears throat> it's very simple. I'm going to ask you to take your hands out and put them like this. This is something my mother, the grade school teacher, taught me when I was a little kid. It goes like this. Follow me. Open and shut them. Open and shut them. Open and shut them. Clap clap, clap. Open and shut them, open and shut them, open and shut them, put them in your lap. Now, my, my dear wife is a, was a grade school teacher, and um, she informed me that in Phoenix, where I learned this, we do it too slow in Minnesota. It's open and shut them, open and shut them. I don't know what the deal is, but now you know. This is the take home uh, for you, this open and shut them, open and shut them. Uh, today, as we explore what it means to go in the name of Jesus, uh, we're going to learn to go with open hands. If you would, I'm going to ask you one more time to open your hands. Please place them in your lap and let's pray. Holy God, our hands are open. We want our minds to be open. We want our hearts to be open. We want our lives to be opened more deeply to your love so that your love flows through our lives, our church, our families, our community. So we ask, God, that the Holy Spirit would do what we can't do ourselves, take blinders off, remove barriers, help us focus and receive what you want to give this morning. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. To get where we need to go today, uh, I need you to uh, look at two scenes from the Gospel of Matthew. So I'm going to ask you, if you would, to grab a Bible and turn to Matthew 25, verses 1 through 46, all the way into Matthew 26. And um, <clears throat> as you turn there, or flip your phone there, uh, what I'd like to do is I'd actually like to share this text with you, these two scenes, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to present them to you uh, as, as a, a storyteller using the actual biblical text. I like to do this sometimes. And one of the reasons I like to do it is I, I love it if, I'd love it if you could imagine well uh, what Matthew's talking about here. There are two scenes, and what I want you to really to pay attention to is how both these scenes talk about the poor, all right? So, uh, we'll start... First, with Matthew 25, uh, verse 31, when the Son of Man comes into His kingdom and all the angels with Him, 
He will sit down on His glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates sheep from goats. He will place the sheep on His right hand and the goats on His left. Then the king will say to those on His right, (laughs) Come, you whom my Father has blessed, take your inheritance, receive the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world, for I was hungry. You gave me something to eat. I was thirsty. You gave me something to drink. I was a stranger. You invited me in. (laughs) I needed clothing, and you clothed me. I was sick. And you looked after me. I was in prison. And you came to visit me. Then they will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and need something to eat? When did we see you thirsty and need something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will answer, truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels, for I was hungry. You did not feed me. I was thirsty. You gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger. You you did not invite me in. I, I needed clothing. You did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. And they will answer also, Lord, oh, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes <laughs> or uh, uh, sick or in prison and, and did not come to help you? And he will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did not do for the least of these you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Scene one. Five verses later comes the next scene. While Jesus was in Bethany, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar a very expensive perfume which she poured on his head as he was reclining at the table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. This perfume could have been sold at a high price 
and the money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have among you. You will not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. Truly I tell you, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Okay. Two scenes. What does God want us to imagine in these scenes? Well, first scene, simple. Char looked at it last week. We're going to look at it again. Actually, we'll be spending a fair amount of time with it over the next month plus. The first scene is a parable of the final judgment, right? The Son of Man, when you see in the Bible the Son of Man, that is essentially Jesus taking uh, a portion of uh, a title from Daniel 7 and placing it upon Himself. You have the Son of Man, Jesus, the King. The King is on His throne. He's surrounded by the angels, and all the nations are gathered before Him, and He's separating the people one from another as a shepherd separates sheep from goats. Now, how does the king know who goes where? Does he say, well, okay, those of you who've said the sinner's prayer go over here, those of you who didn't go over there? No, he doesn't say that. Does he say, okay, uh, those of you who've been confirmed, uh, your sheep, those of you who haven't been confirmed, your goats? No. Does he say, all right, everyone who went to church at least uh, three out of four Sundays through at least 25 years of your life, your sheep, your goats are the ones who didn't go? No, he doesn't do any of that. It's not uh, those of you who voted one way are sheep, those of you who voted another way are goats. It's not that either, of course. No, he separates the sheep from the goats according to who opened their hands to him, right? Yeah. According to who opened them and who shut them, he says to those on his right, come, which is an open-handed gesture, interestingly, take your inheritance, receive the kingdom, the kingdom being the rule and reign of Jesus that never ends. He gives the kingdom to to those who gave with an open hand. I was hungry. You gave to me. I was thirsty. You gave to me. I was a stranger. You gave to me. I was naked. You gave to me. I was sick and in prison, and you gave. You opened your checkbook. You opened your schedule. You opened your home. You opened your life to me. Thus, come, receive the kingdom. When did we see this, Lord? Whenever you opened your hands. Whenever you opened your hands and gave to my brothers and sisters... You gave to me. And then, of course, to those on his left. Sorry for everyone over here on my left. I didn't mean to paint you in that picture, but it was convenient. Um, He says, depart from me, harsh words, to, to the fire, to the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Pretty specific. And, of course, they're like, whoa, 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 time out, Lord. Why? Well, when I uh, needed you to open your hands, you closed your hands, didn't you? When I was hungry... You shut them. When I was thirsty, 
you shut them. When I was a stranger, you shut them. When I was naked, you shut them. When I was, in sh- when I was sick and in prison, you shut them. You shut them. You shut them over and over again. Lord, no, we never saw you like that. Did you see Jesus like that? <laughs> whenever you shut your hands, whenever you shut your life to me, to the least of these, you shut them to me. Now, that first scene, final judgment, sheep, goats, open, shut them. Where is God in this scene? Okay? Think about it. The easy answer, of course, is God in Christ. Jesus is God. God is on the throne, right? Easy. Where else is God? Well, God is also in the hungry, the thirsty, the stranger, the naked, God is also in the sick, those in prison. Hmm. All right? Question. Where are you in this scene? Hmm. Eh, how, would you, how would you even know? Well, it's actually pretty simple. What's the status of your hands when it comes to God? In the least of these, when it comes to God on the throne? Is it open or shut. Second scene. Simon the leper's house. What does God want us to imagine in the second scene with the perfume, etc.? Who are the cast of characters? Who's Simon? Well, we're not exactly sure. We do know Simon was a leper. And lepers were what? Lepers were outcasts. Lepers were people in that culture especially were often left hungry. Lepers were people who were left thirsty, people who needed clothes. Yeah, Simon, the leper, he was one of the least of these. Did Jesus heal Simon the leper? I think so. The text is not clear, but Jesus healed a lot of people. I think uh, Simon the leper has been called Simon the leper so long that even after the healing, people referred to him as, oh, you know, Simon the leper. Makes sense. It's interesting, Jesus had presumably, I think, healed Simon, and Simon then invited Jesus. At one one point, at least, a stranger into his home. Jesus, a person with no place to lay his head. Simon and Jesus had a relationship. They had a relationship of the open hand, I think. Jesus had given to Simon. And Simon had received. Simon had given to Jesus. And Jesus had received. Jesus and Simon, they are an example of the kingdom, of the open hand, right? And in the kingdom of the open hand, when we are in relationship with each other with open hands, then there are eternal possibilities of love that never ends in the kingdom of the open hand. I give to you, you give to me. You give to me, I give to you, receive, give, etc. Now, who else is there? Well, the disciples are there. The disciples, of course, are open-handed people as well. I mean, they, they opened their hands and they dropped everything to follow Jesus. Of course, Judas, except, who was an open-handed person, but then uh, the text, just so you know, two days later is, is Passover. Two days later, they're heading to Jerusalem. Two days later, Jesus will be betrayed. So, so Judas actually closed his hands 
around 30 pieces of silver, thus closing his hands to Jesus. And then there's this woman. Now, the anointing of Jesus in Bethany is recorded in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four tellings of the life and ministry of Jesus. Luke says she is, quote, a sinful woman. Uh, John says she's Mary, the sister of Lazarus. Lazarus. Matthew and Mark don't give her a name, so there's actually debate over her identity, but of course, what she does is the thing the gospel writers really want us to pay attention to. She takes this jar of perfume. And this isn't just any jar. I mean, this jar is probably worth a year's wages. So, so this is a very special jar. This is an expensive jar. Probably, you know, if from our context, maybe thinking, think of it as a $25,000 uh, jar of perfume. I mean, this is expensive stuff. And this woman, she has a choice. In the presence of the king, with her life, it can be open or it can be shut them. I mean, with that expensive jar of perfume, it could have been, no, 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 not everything but this. This is mine. You can't have it. But, of course, the king is in the room. The king who lives with the life of the open hand. What could she possibly give this king? She opens her hands, and she probably gives the most expensive thing she owned. The disciples, of course, are incensed. That happens with us. We see through a glass darkly. Jesus had given them, you know, from Matthew's perspective, this amazing parable. The the sheep and the goats parable is only in Matthew's gospel. Um, Jesus had just given them this parable. You know, I, I see them saying, Hey, Jesus, uh, she could have sold that perfume for a very high price and given that money to the hungry, the thirsty, the stranger, the naked, those sick, those in prison. Jesus, she could have been a sheep. (laughs) But Jesus then says the most curious thing, especially in light of the previous parable. And why I put them together is I wanted you to see both of them together. The poor you will always have with you, he says, but you will not always have me. Now, one of the reasons I wanted to hit this in this Go series that we're on is I want to kill, and I'll use those words um, metaphorically, but I want to kill the, well, Jesus said the poor will always be with you syndrome. I don't know if you know that that, that's a syndrome in the church, but it's been a syndrome in the church uh, for, for centuries, actually. Well, Jesus said the poor will always be with you, so I don't have to open my hand. Well, Jesus said the poor will always be with you, so I don't have to be intentional about the way I budget my money so that I can give to the least of these. I mean, if I have a little bit extra at the end of the month, well, I might give some. And Jesus said the poor will always be with you. Yeah, you get the point. And isn't it interesting that this verse comes right after the sheep and the goats parable, where Jesus calls us to be open-handed to those in need. Here's what I think the problem is. We want to take these two stories and we want to make them either-or stories, don't we? Either give to the poor or give to Jesus. But it's 
Not, of course, either or. It's both and. Yes, after this woman gives this amazing gift to Jesus, it's not like the call from God is now you don't have to give anything else to the poor. (laughs) No. She is given to Jesus, who is poor. The poor are in Jesus. There is a solidarity with our Lord, who is King, with the least of these. In the kingdom of the open hand, it's not open to Jesus and shut to the poor, or shut to Jesus and open to the poor. This is what people want to do all the time. No, in the kingdom of the open hand, it's open to Jesus, open to the poor, open to your friends, open to your family, open to your enemies. It's a very different kingdom than the kingdom of the world, isn't it? Let me add one more thing. The people to whom Jesus was speaking were Jewish people. Jesus was a rabbi. He knew the Scriptures. The people with Him, they all knew the Scriptures. Now, rabbis would often do a very interesting thing, and we do it in our culture in different ways, but a rabbi would take a portion of God's law, a portion of Torah, first five books of our Old Testament, essentially, and and maybe just kind of use one line from it with the knowledge that everyone listening would pretty much know the rest of the line. So this idea, you know, the poor you will always have with you. Jesus wasn't just, you know, bringing that up on the fly. No, that's actually taken from Deuteronomy 15.11. It's taken right out of Torah. What does the rest of Deuteronomy 15.11 actually say? It says, there will always be poor people in the land. Therefore, I command you to be open-handed toward your fellow Israelites who are poor and needy in your land. It will not stand for us, church, to use this, well, Jesus said the poor will always be with you as an excuse to shut the hand. It doesn't work. Jesus is referencing a verse that commands God's people to open their hands to their brothers and sisters. And we'll, in Q&A, talk about the difference between the brothers and sisters piece. Hang that over on a shelf for a second. So, I bring this up because I want us for the rest of our time in life, (laughs) when you hear someone say, well, you know, Jesus said you'll always have the poor with you, I want you to say, you know, that's a great point. Thank you for bringing up Deuteronomy 15, 11. You are so right. Yes, I agree. Because we will always have the poor among us, God has commanded us to be open-handed to them. All right. What's my point in taking us on this journey? I'll put it simply. To grow disciples of Jesus, who then go, because we're called to gather together, we're called to grow together, we're called to go together. To go well, when we go, we have to know we go to Jesus. Jesus is not distant. He is present in the Holy Spirit. Jesus is somehow present in a unique way in the hungry, the thirsty, the naked the sick and the imprisoned. We go to them because the disciples go to Jesus. We go to them either because they've already put their faith in Jesus and they're a brother and sister in Christ, or we go to them because we live in in anticipation that one day they will put their faith in Jesus and be a brother and sister in Christ. This being the case, when we give, we have to remember we give to Jesus. 
According to Colossians 1.16, all things have been created through Him, through Jesus. And all things have been created for Jesus. That means that the very act of giving was created by Jesus and was created for Jesus. There is no gift given out of love that is not somehow for Jesus. So when you give, you're giving to Jesus. I mean, think of it. Uh, Oh, wait, next point. Thirdly, how do we go? Well, I hope you get the point. We go with open hands. We are the brothers and sisters of the king who rules the kingdom of the open hand. His hands are open to the hungry, the thirsty, the naked, the sick, and in prison. When you see the hands of poverty, whether they're holding a sign or whether they're near you, whether they're far, when you see those hands, those are Jesus' hands. And when you give to those hands, your hands become the hands of Jesus. He rules the kingdom of the open hand. I mean, we worship a king who wouldn't even let nails close his hands toward those who needed him most, right? So, what is God calling you to do, change, or pray about? It's a big question. How would you even know? Try this. Hold your hands out. Close them tightly. What are you holding on to? What is in there that you don't want to let go of and give to Jesus, the one on the throne, the one in need? I don't know what that is. I can't tell you. I know you're going to have all kinds of questions, messages like this, bring up all kinds of questions. Well, what does this mean, et cetera, et cetera? Okay, that's fine. My, my, My counsel is let the Spirit of Christ lead you. So when you move through life, you're holding what God has given you with an open hand. And when the Holy Spirit says, I want you to give this now, this way, you're quickly able to say, absolutely, Lord. Let's pause there for Q&A. I'll invite Tone up. If you're new to Faith Covenant, we do Q&A quite a bit. I was thinking about it this morning. One of the reasons, thank you, Tone, one of the reasons I like to do Q&A is um, it, it... hopefully provides a, a, uh, an ethos of transparency, you know, so that uh, I don't get to say a bunch of stuff and, and leave with something up my sleeve. <laughs> and so if there's something that you think, it, uh, wait, Pastor, it seems like that's being held up your sleeve, or there's something you want to challenge you, you have a question about, you can bring that up. Tone, can you back up just a yes. little bit? Let's uh, keep these people on the sides yeah, yeah. available. And if you have a question that you wrote down, uh, you can... Uh, hold it up, and one of the ushers will come and grab it from you. Do you have a question right yeah. now? Yeah. Okay. Okay, this is multifaceted. This is right. a good one. So, in the past, the status of my hands were so open, it left me with nothing in many ways. How does one keep open hands yet protect their integrity of their well-being? Like, when and how should you say no? Is some selfishness okay? <clears throat> I'm going to let you hold that. Yep. 
Is some selfishness okay? Mm -hmm. um, I, I would say there are different ways to give with an open hand. For example, a, a parent who always says yes is uh, a bad parent, right? Um, a parent who, who gives um, with a yes all the time uh, does not give a good gift to their child. So sometimes a gift to another is a no. I think a no can be in the open hand. For example, are you going to say to a drug addict, uh, yes, I'm going to give you money every month so you have money to buy your substance? While that might look open-handed, that's a poisonous gift you're giving. And so a, a helpful gift is I'm not going to participate with you in something that's going to destroy you. Okay? And so sometimes a gift is a no. I hope that's helpful. Uh, this is a good one, and I have something to add to it okay. once you answer, if that's okay. Yes. Okay. There are many responses to giving to people who are homeless. They'll just buy drugs, you're enabling their lifestyle, etc. Should we be giving to homeless people? Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Um, and you wanted to add something with that? Oh, I have a response. Oh, wonderful. Is that okay? Thank you. <laughs> Go for Ooh, it, Tone. Take some pressure off. No, well, so I, before I got my master's degree, I was enrolled in another master's of social work program that I was in for a few weeks, but I was working with youth experiencing homelessness. Um, and one of the things they taught us about interacting with people who are experiencing homelessness is that, yes, sometimes they do have addictions. Um, a lot of the reasons uh, people you might find people out on the street is because they have mental illnesses. And so, you know, we, we were more inclined to give bus passes or to ask them, hey, what is it that you need? Because I don't have any cash on me, and I'm a millennial. It's true, I always have credit cards on me or debit cards, so I don't carry cash. So I always ask, is there something I can buy? And a lot of times, uh, and Brian's really good at this, my spouse, we'll just buy the meals. Mm -hmm. So there is a way in which you can help. And oftentimes they will say yes to a meal or yes to a bus pass or whatever they might need. So very good. Yeah. I, the, the only thing I'd add to that, I was talking to one of our missionaries who was telling me that uh, he takes um, the, the call to always be prepared to give to those in need uh, very specifically. And so when uh, he sees someone in need, he seeks to always give something. Now, that might be um, uh, simply a, may I pray, pray for you? It might be a yeah. meal. You know, we have to go as the Spirit leads, but mm -hmm. um, he always tries to somehow respond in some way that is a gift. Mm -hmm. uh, I, and I, I was very much challenged by that. Yeah. 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 Um, the last one is, what about dinosaurs? So I'm not going to answer that one because <laughs> um, that's not on this topic. If you have the dinosaur question, you can find and me at the welcome table. This oh, one was, in the, one same, okay, this was in the same vein of what we just oh, answered. Okay, so I want to acknowledge that. I, I will say, I'm going to add one more thing before we close. Um, so uh, some people look at Matthew, that Matthew 25 sheep and the goats passage 
and um, they, they have a question. When Jesus says, um, whenever you gave uh, uh, to these brothers or, and sisters of mine, uh, you gave to me. And so who are the brothers and sisters? And as I was doing my studies, uh, most scholars that, that I read said they believe that those brothers and sisters are brothers and sisters in Christ, the church, okay? So, um, you're, you're those who also have a faith in Christ. And then the question, of course, becomes, wait, what about everyone else? Um, does the Bible call us to not only give to our brothers and sisters in Christ? Um, no, the Bible doesn't call us only to give to our brothers and sisters in Christ. The Scriptures are also very clear in Torah, in the, in the New Testament as well, that we have to give uh, to the stranger among us, uh, to the widow and the orphan, uh, first in the family of God, but second outside the family. And so, it's, it's, again, we want to we go, well, is it either or? No, it's both and. I would say this way, uh, Tone's call, she has three daughters, Tone and Brian have three daughters, um, their first responsibility is to take care of themselves and those three daughters to protect that family. That does not mean they aren't also called to give and share with those outside of their family. The same is true for those of us in the church. We, all, we are called to care for each other, but we're also called to care for those outside the church to the extent that we are able, all right? Uh, I'm going to pray. Thank you, Tone. You may... Oh, yes, I, w- I will get to that. Actually, um, I'm going to pray, and then we'll, we'll do one more thing. Um, as we pray again, I just ask you to uh, close your hands. Let's pray. Holy God. We seek by the power of your Spirit to hold these lives, not with shut hands, but with open hands. God, help us pry our fingers apart, recognizing that everything we have, we've been given. It does not belong to us. It belongs to you. So we pray, Spirit of Christ, Open our eyes to see how you would lead us so that we might be counted as sheep, so that we might be a church of the open hand. Lord, help us see with your eyes what it means to give a gift that is a good gift from you at all times. We need your Holy Spirit discernment to do so. But we do so because You've given so much. You've given everything to us. We want to be your hands in this world. In your name we pray. Amen.